Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. All right, so today I'm going to talk out of 1 Peter. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, I'm going to talk 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 through 21. I know that's a lot of verses for what time I have, but that's that's what I'm going to do anyway, so you just have to get over it. And I'm going to talk about the, <laughs> the holiness of God. One of these days I'm going to come in on a Wednesday and just say, hey, I'm going to preach until I'm done, and so buckle in, right? Uh, it, it might be tonight. I don't know. I'm excited about this particular lesson because I believe it's from this lesson that every other lesson flows. Everything that you're called to be flows from this lesson, and this lesson is titled, He is Holy. What, is, what do I mean by holy? I mean exactly that, that He is holy, that He is perfect in every way, that He is spotless in every way. There's no imperfection in Him, impurity in Him. He is absolutely, beautifully set apart as perfect. That's what it is to be holy have no impurity in you. And this is what God has called us to be. God has called us to be holy. I think this is the most underutilized concept in the church, but the most necessary. God is in everything that he is absolutely perfect, absolutely blameless and spotless. He is absolutely holy. How do we not talk about that more often if he expects us to be holy? How do we know what holiness looks like if we don't know what God's holiness looks like? We have to recognize that to stand in the presence of God burns the dross off of us. It should cause the impure to become pure. It should shake loose those things that are in us that shouldn't be in us. It should literally rattle the foundations of the sin in our life to make us more like God every time we step into his presence. Amen? And that's what I want for us. That's what I want for me. I've told you everything that God is should cause three things in us. And I've said this a couple of times, but let me, let me say it again specifically. No matter what he is, insert word here, tonight holy, that which he is should cause us to worship him, to fear him, which is to walk in reverence to him, which means fall on your face because we should all have Isaiah moments where we walk into the present holiness of God and we recognize I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. And you fall on your face like Peter. Amen? Like the demoniac, still possessed demoniac, acknowledged who God is and fell on his face in front of him. So we should worship, we should walk in reverential fear, and that fear should put us in a place of repentance. Whoever God is, all the things that God are, all the things that God are, is, everything God is, yeah, it's Lebanon, <laughs> should cause us to worship, walk in reverential fear, and be in repentance. And these aren't things that I tell you 
man, just get that done the first time when you make your first confession, you're good. You know what? Jesus saved you. Worship him for that. Walk in reverence and, and ask him to forgive you of your sin. You should wake up in the morning worshiping your lips. You should wake up with reverence in everything that you do. You should wake up walking in repentance every single day. You know why? Because every single day you fall short of the holiness of God. I dare you to, to stand up and tell me different. I don't care how awesome you are. You're not holy, perfect, blameless, spotless, without impurity, ever. I, I, I do something stupid every day. But you know what I do? When I recognize that I'm not walking in the holiness God imparted to me through his son Christ Jesus, I stop and I worship him because the Bible tells me that if I ask him for forgiveness, he will give it to me. And that causes me to fear him, to, rever to reverence his presence and to continue to walk out that repentance. Stop killing yourself, man. You're killing yourself. You're, you're just destroying yourself with baseless condemnation. Walk in worship. Walk in reverence. Walk in repentance. Set the condemnation down because the condemnation is the enemy destroying, vic taking your victory from you. So anyway, I got a little sideways on that. But he is holy, and that should cause us to worship. That should cause us to reverence and cause us to repent. Amen? And so that's what I want to talk to you today about, how he is holy, that he is holy, and that he expects us to be holy. Let me read you this text. 13 through 21 reads like this. First Peter again. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. You know what prepare your minds means? That means gird up your mind. Strengthen your mind. Create a resolve in yourself. When soldiers would go to war, they would gird up their loins because they all wore the, I hate to call them skirts. They probably weren't skirts, but whatever they called, they would pull up from the back and tie them into their belt so that they wouldn't trip on them. It was girding up their loins so that they could face the battle that was in front of them. And so the, Peter starts here, therefore, prepare your mind, gird up your mind. Walk in the strength. Prepare your mind for the fight, for action. Prepare, gird up your mind to be sober in spirit. Prepare, gird up your mind to fix your hope completely in the grace that you've been given. Because it's been brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up your minds. Church, gird up your mind. Walk in the strength God gave you by grace through revelation of Jesus Christ. Set down any insobriety. You should be singularly focused in your spirit, fixing your hope on the hope that you have, which is Christ Jesus. All of these things are necessary and available to you by the grace you've been given through Christ Jesus. And then therefore, it says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to your formal lusts, which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be yourself or be holy yourselves 
also in all your behavior. Because you had revelation of Christ Jesus, because you walk in grace, because through that revelation and that grace, you have the ability to strengthen your mind and focus on that which you should focus on, you're called to one thing. You know what that is? That's obedience to the Word of God. You know why you're called to obedience to the Word of God and the Spirit of God? Because the Word of God and the Spirit of God creates holiness in you. How do I get holy? Read your Word. Do what it says. Listen to and obey the provocation of the Spirit as it's revealed in the Word. If the Holy Spirit tells you to do something contradictory to the Word, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's your imagination. You need to set that aside. The Holy Spirit's always going to confirm the Word of God because the Holy Spirit is God. Amen? So be obedient as children. You know the difference between an obedient child and an adult? An obedient child is obedient without question. An adult thinks they're smarter, so they're disobedient, or they think they're being obedient, but they're going to waive their obedience. They're going to determine what should they be obedient to versus what they should not be obedient to. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, that old man doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm 20 now. You're an idiot. I've never met a I was 20 years old, thought I had it going on. Stopped paying attention as an obedient child and got myself in trouble. Our responsibility because of the revelation we have in Christ Jesus, the grace that we've been given in that revelation, because of the focus of sobriety that we have, because we've girded up our mind, should be able to walk as obedient children, not being conformed to the former lusts of our life. We talked Sunday about the difference between conformity and transforming. If you weren't here for that, to conform means I'm going to press you into a mold. It's an external process. It's not an internal change, an external process by which you come to look like something else, but not actually become something else. So we're not to conform. We're to be transformed. Amen? Which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourself also in your behavior. Because God is holy, you should be holy. Because he's graced you to be holy, you should be holy. Because by his Holy Spirit and the revelation of Jesus Christ, you have the ability to walk in the sobriety of your mind and to fix your hope, you should be holy. Because of all of these things, you should be what? You should be holy because he is holy. And then he quotes the text. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. That's Peter quoting Old Testament, just so you know. You shall be holy, for I am holy. I could go on and on and on. I could stop right here and just say, what I want you to do for the next, how many minutes we got? Ten minutes is I just want you to sit and ask yourself, where am I not like God? Because where you're not like God is where you're not holy like God. Where you're not like God is where you need to submit the sobriety of your mind to God. Well, you're not like God. You need to stand in the grace that was given to you, which is the strength to be able to stand as holy so that you might be like him. Amen? But I'm not going to do that. i got more to say. But that's your homework assignment. 17. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, Conduct yourselves in fear during your time of stay on earth. 
What did I tell you? What are the, one of the three things that you should, that, that who God is should drive you to? Reverence. If you call God Father, you better walk in fear and act like he's Father because he's more than capable of disciplining you to ensure that you become obedient if you're not obedient. He's more than enough to ensure that the dross that is on you is drawn out of you, that the burrs on you are plucked off of you, that the infirmities in you are strengthened. He's capable of that, even if it means disciplining you, if it means taking something from you, if it means taking everything from you. I had a lady one time ask me, she said, can you pray for my son? He doesn't know the Lord. I said, I can, but I'm about to pray a prayer you don't like. You're going to get mad at me. If you're serious about your son getting saved over everything else, you're about, to, you're about to be mad at me. And I began to pray, God, whatever you need to strip him of, whatever you need to do to break him physically or spiritually, I don't care. God, nail him to the ground with conviction no matter what it costs him. God, because his soul is more important than any other thing. And that mama, actually that grandmama, looked at me like, Amen. She was ready to pray the prayer, but she wasn't ready to believe for the whatever. But we're called to do whatever, to walk in the sobriety of our mind. If we call God Father, which we do, if you're a Christian, if you were a Christian, not just a proclaimer, then God is your Father. And you should walk in fear during your time of stay on the earth because we're sojourners. We're passing through, brothers and sisters. We ain't here forever. We're here for a time. We don't belong here. You are a spiritual being that happens to have flesh on your bones. You're not flesh that happens to have a spirit in you. But because we can see the flesh, we relate as the flesh. Let me tell you, your flesh is irrelevant. The lusts that you carry are irrelevant in regard to the holy God that we serve. We need to start seeing ourselves for who we are. We're moving through so that we can get to Nobody's planting a flag here. This ain't my home. This ain't your home. Heaven's your home. Because of the hope that we have that is fixed through the revelation of Jesus Christ and the grace that he extends. Because we belong to him. We should look like him. My grandson, two generations removed, looks like me. You know why? Because he belongs to me. You should look like Jesus because he be you belong to him. We're spiritual creatures. Y'all are, man, you're beating this thing to death. I'm not beating to death, man. I'm just telling you the truth. I, I could talk for hours. I should talk for hours. I wish there was some way I could bust your head open and just pour it in there and then shut your head back closed and make you keep it. Because we lose the sobriety of our mind. We, we lose our focus. The world gets upside down and we start doing those things according to the less of our flesh that we were supposed to put down, that as obedient children we were supposed to let go of. We stop being holy because the world we live in is unholy. Well, let me tell you, you're not judged according to the world. You're judged according to the Scripture. And the Scripture says if you walk according to your former self, you will be condemned as your former self was condemned. Oh, that's good preaching. 
That's the truth. That's the truth of the Word of God. That's the truth of the love that God gave you. That's the truth of God's holiness, that in His holiness, He expects us to be holy. Mm. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers. So essentially he says, listen, you got to be holy because you weren't bought with a price that doesn't mean anything. You weren't bought with something that's going to rust or fade away or melt away, something that's not going to be here for eternity. You were bought with the most precious commodity on earth, but with the precious blood of the lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. And if you were bought with that which is spotless and blameless, you better be spotless and blameless. You better pursue spotless and blameless. Praise God that by the power of his Holy Spirit and the grace that he gives us, which again, I'm going to say this, it's one of the, there was, it was a preaching from a conference angel and I just went to, grace is strength to walk out who God created you to be, who God expects you to transform into. Grace is, it's not just for salvation. If you think grace is just the reason you got saved, you're missing most of it. By grace, you were saved through faith, but grace is the strength to continue to walk as Christ walked. All unmerited favor, whatever you have, is a grace to you. God extended grace to us through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, made us holy and blameless. And expect, I think it's a reasonable expectation that we be holy and blameless too. Especially when he gave us his Holy Spirit so that we might walk holeless or, or holy and blameless. He didn't just say do this and then didn't empower us to do it. He said do this, but let me give you the strength to do it. I'm not only going to extend you grace through the revelation of Jesus Christ, and by that give you the ability to be sober in your mind, stomp out the former lusts of your flesh, walk according to your new life. But I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, my Holy Spirit, to ensure that you can. Because I promise you, and he doesn't say this in this way. He says it. He says, because I promise you, you can't do it by yourself. You know, man, I've tried and tried and tried to set this down. You could try and try and try to set it down. But until you set it down, you're still going to carry it. And you can't carry it in your own strength. But you can't set it down in your own strength either. Man, I've tried to stop doing such and such. Set it down. Well, it ain't that easy. It really is. It really is. And I'm not being condemning to you. I'm telling you it's that is your sin, your secret sin, your issue, your the former lust of your flesh bigger than the God that you serve? Because if your the former lust of your flesh is bigger than the God that you serve, then it's impossible to put it down. But if your God is bigger, you should want to put it down knowing that he's got it. Man, that's so good. That's holiness. That's trusting the holiness of God to make you holy. It's the, only, it's the only possibility we have for holiness. The only possibility we have to set down the lusts of our former self. And everybody's lusts look different. I'm not talking about sexual lusts. I'm talking about anything that you desire that doesn't make you holy. That's an ungodly fleshly lust. You know what the thing 
that's horrible about lust. Is that lust will compound itself into a greater lust. And again, I'm not talking about just sex. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about power. I got a little bit of money. But my lust grows it for a little bit more money. And then I lust after a little bit more money or a little more power and then a little more power. And then before long, I'm corrupted completely by the lust that God told me to set down as an obedient child and gave me the strength to set it down. But me and my impetuousness determined I was going to take care of myself. You can't be holy without God. Stop being an impetuous child. Start being an obedient one. I feel like that was talking to me. <laughs> Just so you know, y'all, man, you're yelling at me. No, I'm yelling at me. You guys just happen to be in the room. I'd preach this sermon in my office by myself. But be holy as he is holy. Because we were bought with the most precious commodity in the universe. The precious blood of the Lamb of God. The blood of Christ. For he, was, for he has foreknown before the foundation of the world. But has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. Jesus came for your sake. He shed his blood for your sake. He returned to the Father and intercedes on for you for your sake. He sent the Holy Spirit of God to indwell you for your sake, for the sake of you through who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. That last verse is saying everything that God did for Jesus, He did through Jesus so He could do for you. Mm. Raised Him from the dead. He's going to raise you from the dead one day. Death has no sting over the believer. For those who are holy as He is holy, Pastor Jim, man, I don't know if I could be perfect. I know you can. You can make progress towards holiness. I know when you see that which is perfect, you will be perfect. But you guys, you ever try to lift something so heavy, you just finally just, oh, you know what, I can't lift that up. I'm not even going to try anymore. Or worse yet, you walk by and you're all, I'm not going to pick that up. It's too big. You're not asked to pick it up. God's not asking you to pick it up. He's asking you just give it to him. He's big enough to pick it up or set it down or roll it away or smash it flat or whatever needs to happen to ensure that you can get to where he is. That is so good. He, through your faith and hope in God, in him, can make you holy. I just encourage you Work towards perfection even if you're not perfect right now. Even if you're not perfect tomorrow or perfect the day after that. Because I, I've been saved since 2006, which isn't as long as it probably should be for me to be up here pastoring. <laughs> but I feel like I'm as sinful now as I was then. Because here's the paradox of sin, and it traps us. 
when I first got saved, I had these huge, debilitating sins. And I thought, man, if I could just get shed of this, if I could stop doing this, I'll be good. Me and God will be good. I'll be holy. And I got rid of those. Or God got rid of those, smashed those flat. And then you know what I realized? The next biggest sin was just, was just as big a sin. I just couldn't see it for the rock that God just smashed. The holier I get, the more holy I realize I need to still get. Because as God smashes every rock in front of me, I see there's another rock that was behind it. And he smashes that one, and there's another rock behind it. I'm not telling you that to discourage you. I'm telling you that to say he'll smash that rock so you can move forward. He'll smash the next rock so you can move forward. He'll smash the next rock so you can move forward. Just move forward. Be holy as he is holy. Because he gave the most precious commodity in the universe so that you could.